Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sports cards is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Jeremy Lee in the building and every guest that you ever needed. Sports cards after hours keep the hobby heated. Updates, hobby talk like you never seen it. Sports cards live and I could ever beat it. Sports cards is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Welcome to another episode of Sports Cards Live with your host, Jeremy Lee. All right, everybody, welcome to episode number 217 of Sports Cards Live. It is Saturday night, February the 17th, 2024. My name is Jeremy Lee. I would like to thank everybody who tuned in last week with our episode with Paul Hickey of the Sports Card Strategy Show. Really fun show. You can check that out on the YouTube channel. And next Saturday, our guest is Mario Alejandro a big Twitter account and great follow over there. The PWCC Weekly Hockey Show is back tomorrow and MC Monday's live showcase auction, the first one featuring only $5,000 plus items, will take place here on the channel on Monday. I'd like to ask you to join over half a million people who have downloaded the Center Stage app across both iOS and Android for quick comps and accurate comps and card identification features. The Center Stage Marketplace featuring super easy listing and transparent, reasonable fees is coming soon. So please join me in supporting the great team they have, the innovation they are undertaking, and let's help make Center Stage a great place to buy and sell singles. Also, use protection, practice safe swaps. VeraSwap is an app and middleman service that lets you securely trade cards through the mail. Every transaction up to a million dollars is fully insured by their guarantee. Check them out on iOS and Android and join me and VeraSwap founder Raymond Lee for our bi-weekly VeraSwap Trade Desk live on Instagram. Also, please join me in welcoming new sponsor, Filth Bomb Breaks. The team at Filth Bomb offers live case breaks and box breaks. And as we learned a couple weeks ago, when founder Stephen Abendondolo was on the show, they do so with integrity and responsibility. If you enjoy group breaks and are looking for a company to break with, check out Filth Bomb Breaks, streaming live on Fanatics Live for channels seven days a week. Very busy on there. Shout out Hobby News Daily. And Leighton Sheldon will be joining us for the Vintage Spotlight a little bit later. And also, Tag Grading is blowing it up at the Burbank Show today with our custom badges. You can now buy and sell Tag Graded cards on ComC. And the Tag X service is a game changer. Orkana, Pokemon, other rounded corner TCGs are now eligible for grading. Visit taggrading.com if you value transparency and consistency in grading. As always, thank you, loyal viewers and listeners. Appreciate you, as always. If you're not yet subscribed to the YouTube channel or the podcast, please take a moment and do so. And as always tonight, your comments and your questions are in play. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, everybody. Tonight's guest started in the hobby in 2001, going to local corner stores with his buddies and buying packs of Panini soccer stickers. He was in and out of the hobby, but came back in 2020 as he was looking for something fulfilling and began to document his hobby experience on his Coach Co., TikTok and Instagram accounts, and he began co-hosting the Cardboard Coaches podcast in 2021. His favorite players of all time, 
Cristiano Ronaldo, Matt Sundin, Thierry Henry, and his favorite teams of all time are FC Porto and the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's originally and currently hailing from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Let's bring him out. Brendan Pereira, also known as Coach Co. Welcome to Sports Cards Live, buddy. How are you? I'm good, man. Happy to be here. It's good to have you. So it's been a, it's a long time coming. I'm glad to have you here. And uh, yeah, and also, I mean, this is a fun one for me. This is my first show. As if anyone watched last week, you know, that was the last show in the old house, the old studio. This is my new spot. This is the new space. I and, love that. Uh, I'm, I'm excited and happy to, to be here and to have you on for this first show, Brendan. We've uh, we've had a chance to get to know each other over the last couple of years now. So like I said, long time coming, but welcome back. Welcome here. I'm happy to be here and uh, I'm happy to be part of the christening. Yeah, well, that's, that's really what it is. It's a this is, it's definitely going to be a fun one. What's going on, Troy? I see you out there on Instagram. If anybody's watching on Instagram, we are so we are streaming to IG tonight. Feel free to come over to the YouTube channel uh, where your comments can be really brought in to the show over there. But I appreciate that, Troy. Ice, he says, two bald beauties that I love and respect. <laughs> Dave and Adams, casual Troy from uh, Troy LaCostro from Dave and Adams. All right, listen, let's get to you, though. Brendan, Coach Co. Uh, you know, we're both Canadian, and we see each other at the Toronto Expo, and we... You've, you've come to my networking event the Thursday night before the show starts. And, um, you know, it's it's just nice to it's nice to to become friends with you. We've sat on panels together, but we are two Canadian content creators. Do you think do you think that that sets us apart at all? Being Some people think, oh, Canadians are all nice and friendly. Do we have a bit of that going on or are we do we say a a little bit too much? Uh, how do you think it might set us apart? from other content creators, seeing as we are both Canadian. I definitely think that the saying A too much is in play. Uh, I mean, it honestly gets brought up quite frequently when I'm traveling, especially in like the United States where they're like, oh, you guys really do say A. I, I don't notice it as much, obviously. And I mean, if you were to say it to me, I probably wouldn't notice it either. Uh, you know, in terms of like differentiating ourselves, I mean, I do think that, and I'm sure we'll probably talk about this later, is that there's there's not a lot of content creators from Canada or uh, at least the ones that, you know, continue to put out consistent content. And uh, I think it's important for us to be represented in, in the United States and, and for them to see that, you know, Canadians mean business when it comes to collecting and, and it's not just hockey. I mean, sometimes it is hockey, but um, you know, there's multiple ways to use your voice. And uh, yeah, I think it's important for us to show representation in the United States. Yeah, and you've been doing a great job of that. I mean, you've been traveling to a lot of shows down south. This is this weekend right now. The Burbank show is going on. It's the first Burbank show I'm not at. I'm deeply uh, saddened that I can't be there. I don't know if you've been watching on Instagram, yeah. but the the VIP badges that Tag has been giving out to the to those holders, uh, they're all over Instagram right now. And I'm like, I I texted down to some of my guys, Tag, like, you got to make me one of those. Like, I'm not there, but I need one of those. They are. They look. So cool. I'd really like to be there. But you've done a great job of, of kind of representing Canada. And But what you just said, I think, is really true, is that, you know, just because we're Canadian, we're not only about hockey. Yes, hockey is our baseball. Ho you know, if, if, if baseball is America's pastime, hockey is definitely Canada's pastime. But you and me and a lot of Canadian collectors, we collect a lot more than just hockey, baseball, basketball, football, wrestling. You started off with soccer. Are you still collecting soccer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's harder for me to find soccer pieces because they're not so prominent. And, you know, the ones that are prominent, uh, you know, I try to wait for things to either come down or to get a really good price on some of them. But every now and then I'll find like I, I'm specifically like I, I gravitate towards stickers because that's kind of like to your point when you first introduced me, that's like how I started off. Right. And so I, I love stickers um, and, you know, finding those in graded copies or even in raw form is like actually really hard. And even if people do own them, they, it's not something they necessarily travel with. So it becomes like kind of challenging to, to just like stumble upon them. Whereas like if I was sifting through a dollar box or, you know, even perhaps looking through a showcase, I mean, it's much easier to find a, a, a an actual card versus a sticker. Yeah, nah, for sure. I, I don't see them very often, uh, especially up here at, the, at our expos and yeah. all that. But a uh, couple comments I see on Instagram, daddy rips, 
says the Burbank was popping. Yeah, thanks, Daddy Rips. Now, now, now I miss it even more. Uh, says that the tag badges are the best show giveaway anyone has ever done. That's a really, uh, really great, uh, great uh, comment to get there. Daddy Rips, thanks for joining the show. Before we get on with this, Brendan, let's go to the comments here uh, that have come through on YouTube. Lots of them in there. So let's say we got Alan Turwell from Waxstat is with us. What's up, Al? Hope you've enjoyed the Burbank show. Linda, that's Michael. Linda's first. Hello, hello to you. Michael, 86 collectible says, love the new setup. Well, I'm going to give you guys a bit of a, uh, I'll give you a bit more of the view. Brendan saw it before we went live, but for you guys, so you can see, I got these, these are all like originally commissioned paintings. I'm just going to tilt my camera upwards so you can see the full extent of that. But we've got, there, there, you, there you go. There's the full extent of my, what's behind me. And, uh, and then over there, we got four more, two showcases with cards. Those used to sit beside me. At my old place they weren't within the camera view the the further one back behind me that's all the the first year and second year of upper deck game jerseys from hockey they're all in psa slabs and then the other one right there this showcase here are some of my favorite uh tags car, hockey cards and one basketball one shaquille o'neal in there um that are all my favorite uh tag slabs that i have for, with my pc so i love sitting in this room now brendan and everybody because this is my new space this is my my office, my studio, it's its my space in this new house. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty pretty excited right now about it. So <laughs> this is fun. 90s hockey collector, what's going on? Todd McDonald says, love the new house. Thank you, Todd, I appreciate it. What's up, Stukes? Good to see you, buddy. Robert Scott, thank you so much. The professor is here, Jeff McMahon. Appreciate that, Jeff. Laura, good evening to you. Al G, what's going on, Al? Good to see you, buddy. Jake Dahl, Kurt Renault says, good evening. Glad to finally catch the beginning of a show. Kurt, welcome. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate that. Mid-Atlantic, what's going on? Jerry Hodge is here. What's going on, Maple? The Maple Laps, they won eight to two. Nine, nine, to two, nine to two. Nine to two. Did you yeah. see that uh, Matthews had his second, a back-to-back -back hat trick? Like he's at 49 goals? Eight, I think. Yeah, yeah. He's an Crazy. Animal. I know. Crazy. I could see, he could, he could easily crash through 70 here. Bob Boozle is in the house. What is going on, Bob Boozle? The loud collector. Phil is here. Laura says, you're going to need a bigger outfield wall for your sponsors. Kind of out of room right now. I mean, I line, line them up across the top here. That's going to be the new the new look. But again, guys, I mean, these guys are, are all supporting uh, me and the channel. And I just want to make sure I'm giving them value back. So I hope nobody minds that I've added them to The View. Eric is in the house. As you guys up north talk real funny, unlike us in Boston. <laughs> sure we do. Sure we do. Thank you, Autograph Curator. Muchly appreciate the comment about the nice new digs. Tom Newman. Thank you, says fire ass setup, Jeremy. Thank you so much. Congrats on the new crib. Yeah, very exciting for me and my family. Thank you, Cards AH. Appreciate the new space. Congrats, everybody. Jamie Croft, happy Saturday to you. Jeff Hart, thank you, Jeff. Same, appreciate these comments. I really like, listen, it's been a very, Brendan, I know I'm just going on here about this, no, but I gotta no, tell man. you, it's been a two-week move and uh, we're finally in and uh, and settled for the most part. 86 says, coach might be the only person in the world with a better mustache than Austin Matthews. He doesn't have a great mustache, uh, Coach Co. What do you think of his mustache? It, it's all right. I don't know. He's, uh, I, I don't know. He's got an all right mustache. He's all right. He's all right. Vintage Card Collector says, love the paintings behind me. I do too, guys. I've had these paintings for a while, but they were sitting in my, my rec room outside of the old studio. But in here, we got them all hung up. I had a guy come in and really like, hang these up with uh he was using lasers and all sorts of stuff so pretty happy with pretty happy with the with the layout uh bobby burrell has joined the audience bobby what is going on good to see you pal cards ah yes i am still in calgary and loud collector says matthews is a plug that's coming from an ottawa senators fan coach co all right again everybody welcome to the show episode 217 sports cards live coach co is our guest and again the first show in the new studio coach co let's get a little bit about into you a little bit and uh let's hear a bit about your hobby history and really who you are as a hobbyist fill us in buddy fill us in hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Yeah, so my hobby journey starts, I mean, much like you mentioned that in like 2001, 2002, buying packs of Panini stickers at literally corner stores. Um, I grew up in a predominantly like Portuguese and Italian neighborhood. And, and so most of my friends growing up were Portuguese and Italian. And I mean, my family is entirely Portuguese. And so, you know, the Euro cup and, and, you know, watching soccer overseas is like, it was a, it was a big deal for us. And, uh, collecting stickers was just something that we did. And, you know, I actually got into like set collecting and I've transitioned that into like my collecting nowadays as well. But, um, set collecting and it, at the time it was the, the books. So you would buy those Panini books that, you know, actually got super popular again during the world cup. And, uh, the goal was to fill them all out and you would either rip packs or you'd go to, you know, we would go to a place called the Galleria mall, which was like close to my grandmother's house on the weekends, on Saturdays, they'd have like a few vendors set up every Saturday and it was nothing special, but you know, at least one or two of them would have like uh, just sleeves of these stickers and you would you know pick out which ones you needed for that to, to to complete that that page or whatever the case you were doing so uh yeah the the goal was just to complete the sticker books and then it transitioned into uh pokemon cards and Yu-Gi-Oh cards and buying packs of tim horton's cards and mcdonald's cards so like a lot of the like entry level things that i mean we still see a lot of collectors or or yeah people being introduced to the hobby get into uh, and then, you know, all of a sudden you're and a teenager and you need to find a job and, you know, fend for yourself. And so, you know, collecting kind of took a back seat and then pandemic rolls around and I'm looking for ways to fulfill myself. And I'm like, you know what? It's not just about work anymore. Obviously, the whole world's just shut down. So what is it that truly made me happy? And I found, you know, really gravitating towards nostalgia, much like a lot of other people. And uh, I just, I, I fell in love again. And I was like, you know what? Like this stuff makes me happy. It's like so, most of the stuff that I'm purchasing is like not crazy expensive. Like, you know, what's the harm in doing this? Like this, it's cheaper than like going out and getting drunk. It's, you know what I mean? Like so many, I could be spending my money on so many other things. And I'm like, I, I, every time I look at these things, like I, I feel something that's like incomprehensible and you can't even really articulate to, to, to people who haven't felt it before. And uh, so I just started kind of documenting, documenting my process and, um, you know, jumping in and actually spending money in a space as an adult. Uh, I had a lot of questions. And for the most part, I didn't really know where to go to answer these questions. And so, you know, like I said, I started creating content and actually kind of like asking the audience, like, you know, what's the deal with this? And why is this more expensive than this? And, uh, you know, questions that people would ask if they had the opportunity to, and, and I happened to get responses. And, uh, you know, from that, I, I would be led down a rabbit hole and I'd gain more information and, you know, fast forward four or five years. And, and now all of a sudden, you know, I'm still learning. I think that we're all learning every day. And, uh, I just try to provide a voice, um, and, and sort of like a, an entry point for people. I want people to kind of come to me for information and, know that I don't have all the information, but I'll try to point you in the right direction. And, uh, you know, one thing that I've always tried to do is like feature other accounts as well. So like, if I'm getting my information from someone, I always feature because I think that it's important for, you know, I might have come across one story of that person, but you know, let me put you onto that person. So maybe you either find your niche or, you know, really where that information is coming from so that you can get more of said information if I don't happen to come across it. Yeah, because what I notice you do is it seems like just about every day you find something newsworthy and you do up a reel and you put it out there on TikTok. And I'm not on TikTok, really, but I'm on Instagram. I see it on Instagram, but you're also on TikTok. And I think that's a really it's a really good way to, you know, especially for your followers, just to sort of keep keep up to speed on some of the stories that they may not otherwise find on their own, that you are helping them. You're helping them find uh, yourself. But you made a comment when you were speaking earlier when you said that you would look at these things and you'd get some sort of feeling about them, like about these cards or these stickers back in the day. And I want to just tap into that for a second because, because I get that too. Like there, there is, there's something about what we collect and being a part of the hobby that 
it's like it's like a visceral feeling, uh, you know, butterflies in your stomach yeah. sort of thing that I think maybe only true, like really true collectors or and not to like listen, you can you can buy and sell cards and also be a true collector, but you have to have that true collector bone in you in order, I think, to uh, to really get that feeling. So that's that's really cool to hear. I want to get an understanding because my first real uh, when, when you first came on my radar, Brendan, it was because you were all over TikTok. What was it that took you to TikTok first? That's a great question, actually. Um, I just think I was getting the most responses on TikTok. I was getting like the most people uh, referring back to me. They were like actually answering my questions. Whereas I found on Instagram, um, it was like less less supportive, if that makes sense. Like I found that the people on Instagram kind of just made me feel like an idiot. They were like, oh, how do you not know this already? And even like some of the things I was asking weren't even like really introductory level things. It was just like, oh, you should know this already. And I was like, that's not really a place that conducive to like uh, someone who's trying to like get information here. And at no point did I claim to be an expert. Like, you know, I still don't like I, like I said, I still I'm learning all the time. Like, am I obsessed with this stuff? Do I like have I put an, an unbelievable amount of hours in in the like the last four or five years? Of course. But like, am I by any means an expert? I, probably not, you know, but um yeah, I was just like, I felt that on Instagram, it was like, you're an idiot. And and that's it. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm asking a question. So like, I think the real idiot is the person who, you know, ne like thinks that they know what they're like, everything. And so anyway, yeah, on, on TikTok, it was people answering my questions and actually pointing me in the right direction. And I found that that was way more supportive. And, and uh, yeah, so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to gravitate towards this and keep building. Yeah, it's like I, I say, there's no, there are no, there are no stupid questions. Or the only stupid question is the one not asked. So yep. kudos to you for asking. Anyway, I mean, how else are you, are you going to learn? I want to say hello to Colin Murray has joined us. Ziggy, no, cheers to you. Bobby Burrell says the Gallery Mall had the best setup. Went there a ton of times in the early '90s. Steve Elmore, hello to you. Hobby Champs has joined us. What is going on? And uh, we got, we got uh, Troy and in, in, on Instagram saying crediting is huge and it of course it is the one of the things i i think about <laughs> this is kind of kind of off topic brendan but like oftentimes i will hear some someone will say something or they'll post something on instagram or facebook or wherever twitter i will see it and i will think to myself oh that makes sense so i'll, I'll park it you know i'll just park it for a while a couple weeks later i will quote it as if it's mine, but it's not because I don't remember where I saw it. And I'm, I, you know, it's like if I had a, if I had a great, a better memory, maybe I'd be able to, to credit everybody all the time. But to people that I have quoted without crediting, you have my sincere apologies. It's not, it's not on purpose. I literally just don't remember where I saw it. So, but something you said, you know, really resonated with me. And I felt it worthy of, of sharing with more people. What's going on, Graham Reed and the cardboard corner? have joined us. We got people on Instagram still. Wrestling Card Wizard says the magic of sports cards. No doubt about that, Wrestling Card Wizard. Let's jump into, okay, I titled this episode, Is the Sports Card Hobby Doing a Good Job? We're going to get to that. We have a reason why we're calling it that, but let's talk about something kind of current event, if you will. The other day on my Instagram, I posted a, an infographic of all the alliances or sponsors and partners that I have. And you're also a sponsored content creator. Let's talk a bit about that. We have that in common. What is it? How does that impact you and your content, if at all, by having sponsors? Yeah, I think it's important that if and when you get sponsors that you don't make all of your content kind of like oversaturated as a result of having uh, sponsors. And so one thing that I, I mean, I've all, I've limited sponsors at some point uh, in, in time because I want to make sure that my stuff is still as genuine as possible. And so, I mean, to your point, like, how does it affect me? Well, I mean, I can't just take on, you know, 10,000 sponsorships and and not, and, and still have like the voice I want, if that makes sense. So I think that making sure that the sponsors you take on and, you know, your own kind of morals and integrities align. Um, and that your sponsors understand what your content is and, and how it's delivered as well. I mean, I'm very fortunate that the people who 
either sponsor me currently or have sponsored me in the past are are well aware of you know my stance on certain things or or my desirability to say what needs to be said and um you know and and be kind of accepting of you know whatever happens as a result of that not to say that like i'm about to go start fires but you know you, you have to understand that like i'm probably going to say exactly how i feel like 99% of the time and so if you're looking for someone who's going to be pc and who's you know probably not going to ruffle any feathers like i'm definitely not your guy right so um yeah i i think that that's it's uh, both of those are like super important to, to to note if and when you get sponsors and and just like i said just be as genuine as possible right so just if you do get a sponsorship uh if you feel like you're being limited on what you can say i mean i'd probably reevaluate the situation right so i mean i'm fortunate i i still have um, my own business i'm a personal trainer so i i can still have a voice and, and i'm not entirely dependent on on any income from from the sports car hobby right um or from from any of the marketing or any of that such but uh yeah i think it's just important to make sure that you you know who you are as much as possible yeah i, I think i think that's exactly right you said it really really well and um you know my experience is you know i started doing content almost for it's three years, 10 months ago now, almost to the day, actually yesterday would have been my three year and 10 month uh, sort of uh, anniversary. But in any event, you know, it started out just going in front of the camera and, and talking, but as you, you know, especially starting relatively early, I mean, there were YouTubers and content creators 10 years before the pandemic started at the very beginning of the pandemic. But if you got into the content game in early 2020, that ended up being pretty early. And like a lot of us who end up getting sponsored, we do it because we love that. We love cards. We love this hobby. We love the lifestyle. Sports cards is a lifestyle for so many of us. And then you just happen to pick up sponsors because people like what you're doing. And that's that's kind of a really, really cool thing. When I when I when I got lamined the other day, which was a lot of fun, someone made the comment on his post like uh, you need to know who owns what what companies own all the content creators. And the funny thing is that like, you can be a sponsor content creator, you're not owned by anybody. If the, whenever I enter a discussion with a potential partner or sponsor, I tell them that, you know, I'm gonna be honest and authentic about what I think about things, even has to do with, with yours. You know, I've been doing PWCC shows for three years now, and you can see me tearing to shreds some of the cards that they're selling. And basically I wouldn't buy this. I, you know, this one does not get, uh, I do not, I do not, I do not, endorse this guy would not suggest anybody purchase this particular card it's it's ugly for the grade or whatever so but people seem to often think that that you are going to do what you are told to say which is the furthest thing from the truth i figure if i wasn't authentic in what i was talking about i would have lost my audience a couple of years ago already so it's uh and maybe that's you know I don't know. Maybe it's a little, a little bit uh, like sound. Maybe that sounded a little bit entitled. Perhaps I, I don't know. But really, um, if you love what you're doing, like you know, when we did, when 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 I just last week did another podcast, and I and I they asked me, you know, what do you suggest people how how to do content? Was it be authentic, be passionate, have such subject matter expertise, entertain, inspire? Like if you're doing these things you're going to you're probably going to deliver some good information. Everything's not going to be for everybody, but everybody should be able to find one or two nuggets from just about every sort of episode. Does that does that resonate with you? Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Yeah, of course. I think that if people want to get to know you, they'll get to know you, right? So, like, I mean, I, I really don't care about people who don't care about me. You know, like, I really, like, I just could not care less. If you don't take the time to get to know me, then, like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I, was, I was very good there, Jeremy. I was very, yeah. good there. <laughs> you know, so like, I don't know. 
um, yeah, I think that that as long as you're being your authentic self, like you have nothing to worry about, right? And like I said, the people who gravitate towards you will gravitate towards you and they'll see that and um, you'll make the impression that you need to make and and it is what it is, right? Like, I mean, you can be judged by a post at any time. I mean, this, this is the, the dynamic of social media, right? I mean, this is what happens when you create content. People can listen to eight seconds or 11 seconds or 22 seconds of a clip of a two hour podcast and be like, screw that guy, you know, yeah. or like just interpret it in the wrong way. And no one asks further questions. And it is what it is. Right. So like, I mean, I don't lose any sleep. I, I know exactly who I am. And uh, I mean, hopefully you do too. And that's, that's why we're here. Right. Well, Hunter, that, exactly that, that listen, if, if I, if if it was otherwise, I would have packed this in a long time ago. I've had I've had critics for a few years now. So, but like you, I don't care. Like like yeah, I, I pay attention to it a little bit, but it's okay. I I know that not everyone's gonna like me. I know that not everyone's gonna agree with everything I say, and I I don't even agree with everything I say because sometimes I'll say something here. I only get one take. I can say something, go to bed at night, and think to myself, ah, oh, damn, no, no, I said what I said at that point of the show. I, I didn't say it right. I actually don't, believe, you know, like, yeah, but you have to cut yourself some slack and allow yourself to do that. Otherwise, don't do live streams because you're not going to get it right every time. I agree, man. And like, it's like that age old saying, like, there's like people in the, in the bleachers and there's people in the field, right? Like, it's, it's very easy to criticize when you're not doing the stuff, right? When you're not in it, when you're not, when you don't know what it, the process looks like. I mean, there's so many times where I'll put out a video and i'll say something wrong and i'm like you know what like I, it is what it is like i said it wrong it's okay like i'm fine but the comment section is just absolutely flaming me calling me an idiot and i can't how do you not pronounce this you don't know anything like and i'm like you know what like i don't it doesn't bother me you know like it really i i, I make mistakes and like here are my mistakes you know welcome like I, you've never made a mistake before i mean God bless you. Like, I don't, I mean, I, that's a wild life. I don't, I don't know how you, how do you even make moves without making mistakes? I don't understand. Exactly. exactly. Oh, you're, you're so right. It's it, yeah. We have to cut ourselves some slack here. If we're going to do this, a couple more comments here, Dolly's cards and collectibles, Niagara. Good to see you fellas says my two favorite podcasts. Love your content. Thanks for all you guys. Your Bobby. Thank you. Dolly's always good to see you. Hobby champs notes at Austin Matthews up to 48 goals. Cards AH says quality content needs to be subsidized somehow. I appreciate those like Jeremy who make a point to be transparent about it. Appreciate that. Cards AH. Tom Newman says I need a shoe deal next. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> Daily ones. Hey, I'm not going to turn that down. Cards AH says Lamimed. That's when you know you've made it. Well, me, I mean, hey, I was actually very honored by that the other day. I thought it was awesome. Ziggy No says you're both positive examples. Sadly, not everyone is as transparent. Fact of the matter right there. Chris C, transparency is key. If we had a true, if we had true print runs from Fanatics and Panini, we can make better buying decisions as collectors. I think that's something a lot of people would like to see. Laura, good to see us. As there are those out there who don't hear exactly that in the relationship with sponsors. Chris C loves the background. Thank you, Chris C. It's like a new vault on display. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm loving my new. I'm loving my new digs, guys. Vintage Card Collector says, sponsorships, if handled professionally, bring more content and education to the hobby. That's a good thing. Al Turwell says, if you guys could go back to day one of content creating and talk to yourself, what would each of you do differently? Alan, I got to say, never been asked this question, at least not that I can recall. I love the question. While I think about an answer, I'm going to put the Coach Co. to go first. Do you have a, an answer for this one? Yeah, I want to be really honest with you. I would change nothing. I... I just think that you can't fast forward this process. Like every single day I learned something new and I feel like when I did it, I needed to do that in order to learn the next thing. It's almost like learning math. You can't like, once you learn multiplication, you're like, oh, why did I spend so much time or like division? You're like, why did I spend so much time on like learning how to subtract when like, it's so much more efficient to divide. Right. But like you had to learn that stuff in order to learn that stuff. My biggest regret is not creating content sooner. So like mm -hmm. if I had to go back to day one, I would be like, start six months before or start a year before or, you know, what like, if I had the ability to go back, that's what it would be. And then I would just be that that much further along. Another thing I would say is 
like don't be afraid to invest in your technology don't be afraid to like put like actual money down because like the minute you do you're going to be that much more motivated to continue to create like i i know that i struggled for probably two or three months like should i buy a microphone you know like or should i upgrade my laptop like i remember it took me like probably a year to upgrade my laptop or a year and a half because i was like oh this is like such a big financial commitment and then like now looking back i'm like i don't even know how i survived as long as i did with that old one and so you know, if you're passionate about something like just actually put in the time, put in the energy, fully commit to it. And again, I don't mean fully commit to it, like quit your job and, you know, run away from your family, but like actually do it. And I promise you, like, it'll be super fulfilling and, and you're going to be learning stuff constantly. And that's kind of like what being alive is all about. So, so well said, dude agree with all of that i i i honestly share your answer i don't think i have a, a different answer i'm racking my brain as you're speaking trying to think what would i tell myself or what would i do differently like you i would have started earlier if i had if i thought of it you know i remember going back several years probably 10 years ago i was sitting at my, in my old house on my kitchen island before i was fully moved in even I was doing a Zoom call with a with my buddy Darcy and a longtime hobby friend of mine. We probably were chatting for two hours. And at the end of the call, and it was all hobby talk, at the end of the call, I thought to myself, man, an audience would have enjoyed listening into that conversation. But I didn't know about content. So I, I didn't even think about starting something back then. But when I think about the beginning of my content journey, that I think about, man, that should have been the clue or that should have really been the the you know the impetus for me to start but no i waited probably you know six years before i actually uh started doing content but um what you also said at the end there is you know if someone out there is thinking about it you just got to do it and not like you said it's, it's living i wouldn't change anything either because i didn't know what i know now back then so i don't know that i could even give myself any advice without experiencing it first and going from there so uh, we're going to read a few more comments here. Unless you have any response to that, Brendan, we're going to read. Okay, we'll go to some, the, the comments that have come in. And then the Vintage Spotlight segment with Leighton Sheldon is going to start right away. Jake's Toe says, the best reaction to trolls is no reaction. Yeah, no doubt. Thank you, Benny Cromwell says, the new digs look great. Appreciate that very much. Bobby Burrell says, Jeremy didn't realize he was so good as he was when he started. And I said, you're going far. Now we're now we're there. Thank you. Yeah, Bobby, you've been a great supporter of mine, man, and a friend for many, many years. So appreciate you, Bobby, very much. Bob Boozle says, Jeremy Gamble Gamble would have groundbreaking a few years ago. I think I've heard of another content creator, something Justin Gamble Gamble or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not I I'm not familiar with the content, but I've I've heard other people talking about him. Very nice. Ziggy No says, Coach is dropping dimes, great insights. And Al Turwell, thanks for the question. All right. Brendan, we're going to bring out Leighton Sheldon from Just Collecting Vintage Breaks for the Vintage Spotlight. I know you have a question ready for him. Let's bring him on. Say hello. Leighton Sheldon, what's going on on this Saturday, February the 17th, my guy? Hey, gentlemen. How are you? Nice to meet you, Brendan. Leighton, nice to meet you as well. I'm surprised you guys don't. You must have. No, you didn't know each other. I'm no, surprised. no. I mean, I've, I've seen him. I've seen him. I definitely recognize your stash from your content. Absolutely. <laughs> There you go. Good stuff. Well, wait, Leighton, thanks for joining. What do you think of the new digs, Leighton? What do you think of the new the new setup? Big upgrade. Really? I'll take that. I'll take yeah. that. Okay. Big, nice. big upgrade, he says. I love it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. Well, let's get to it. Coach Co, Brendan, please present. And I do. I, I've, I had a, a preview of what this question is. I got to tell you, when I saw it, I was like, great question. So let's hear what you got for, for Leighton. Yeah, so we've seen type one photos start to get increased attention lately after uh, not getting the love that, I mean, quite frankly, they probably deserve. Uh, what do you think one vintage category that's probably not getting enough love right now that probably will or should get more love? I thought it was a great question. Uh, I'll tell you what first came to mind and we'll just take it from there. Yeah. So I would start and look at anything that is not currently graded by the grading companies. Because if you can do that, then at the very least, you're likely not paying that increase in the asking price because you can't get it graded. Thus, there's not going to be a multiplier. 
And so the examples I'm going to give are three, but they're all related. And they're actually not cards, but they're card adjacent. So they are wrappers, display boxes, and display cases. And they all have their individual niches, meaning, Brendan, if I, for example, had a beautiful 1952 top set, couldn't we all envision a day where the top single graded PSA 9 wrapper of a nickel um, pack wrapper of 1952 tops could sell theoretically for thousands of dollars, if not more, when ungraded already sells in nice shape for maybe 500, 1,000 bucks, and if torn's a few hundred? Meaning I could see people who own a set, even if you're not on the registry, wanting to have a really nice wrapper. And the reason being is, in many cases, it's like a piece of art. So if it's presented in high grade, I think right now, I'm not suggesting as investment, but per your question, I think there's wonderful opportunities to buy in each of those three sectors, especially if you're a true collector, because they're not grading them at the moment. I love that. Yeah. And, and, and you know, the question doesn't necessarily have to be investment wise, right? Like, I think that type one photos probably started off as just like people loving like what it was. And that is like an authentic original print. Right. And then naturally as it gets more exposure, it snowballs. And now all of a sudden, like maybe they're, they'd be considered investments in some, in some, or in most cases, I guess, depending on what you have. Listen, great, uh, great point. Um, one thing I wanted to add is if you're not familiar with display cases, I don't think that they're going to start grading them or authenticating them. I mean, I'd be surprised, but they truly are rare. They're very visually appealing. And in quantity, we did this a couple of years ago with one of my company's vintage breaks. I probably have, I don't know, somewhere between 50 and 100 of these. And they range from the 50s all the way to the 70s. And when you put them together, it's kind of like, I would say, a work of art in the sense of, you know, I'm not an artist, but it, visually it was, it was really cool. And uh, I just think that there's wonderful value uh, for collectors in those three sectors because if they were grading them and they were high grade, they would inevitably start selling for bigger dollars because there's collectors who own those sets in high grade that I had to think some of them would really appreciate a companion piece to their set. Yeah, I, I'd probably agree with you there. I got a question and forgive me, but as I said earlier, the only stupid question is, is the one not asked. What is a display case, Layton? Oh, sure. So in other words, take like a 1952 Tops, the baseball shipping case that all 24 boxes came in, the actual outer cardboard case. Oh, the, simple as that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, for example, like the 1952 Tops case, I believe there's only one known. I think the last owner of it was David Adams and I don't want to misspeak. But I think he might have turned down like ten or fifteen thousand dollars for it, uh, and certainly that's one of the, the the key pieces. But can you imagine they built like what they did for starting lineups and things of that nature? Imagine they built a big holder, you know, and you found like a nineteen fifty five Topps baseball empty shipping case. I've never seen one of those. It would already sell for thousands of dollars with no grading, um, and that's kind of my point. Is that as you said, Brendan? I've been collecting photos for twenty years. I just yeah. mentioned my podcast the other day. I've sold precisely two. I know how many I've sold because I missed both of those photos. Yeah. I've never sold a display uh, case. Um, I've sold display boxes and wrappers, but those are a lot more commonplace, um, you know, as far as those three things go. I want to I want to ask a question here about a, a type of collectible that that I think a lot of us, if you are, you know, probably 35 or 40 or older, I don't know what the age would be, but if you grew up in the 70s, 80s, maybe the 90s. Um, you probably have some nostalgia for, you know, Saturday, Sunday morning, sitting at the kitchen table, eating a bowl of cereal, and you're looking like we had no iPads, no phones, no nothing. I, I would be entertained by the back of the cereal box. And I've seen some people on Instagram start talking about collecting cereal boxes, like flatten, like Count Chocula or whatever it is, you know, Frosted Flakes, early early issues of that maybe the first time tony the tiger appeared on a now this is away from sports cards but you know i have nostalgia for that i'm not going to get into it because i just don't have the capacity but have either of you come across that before any thoughts on it whatsoever late and start with you 
Sure, I'll give a shout out to my buddy Liddy from uh, you know grade school. His poor wife puts up with him, and he's still collecting cereal boxes. If he knew about your idea tonight to go outside of sports, like he's definitely gonna get divorced <laughs> because he's teetering on that anyway. And if you talk about like, oh wait a minute, Lee, that's a great idea. What's the first appearance of Tony the Tiger? Count you like. Jeremy, I think we should just cut it off maybe right now, but I think it's a great subject to discuss. Yeah, Brendan, how about you? Any nostalgia for that kind of th those days of eating cereal in the morning without any other stimulation? I mean, storage for me is a big thing. So like I, I, I can't collect something if I can't store or properly display it. So you won't catch me doing it, but I actually do know people who own cereal boxes, whether it's like a limited print or, you know, I think it was there was one like when Team Canada won. Um, and I know another person who's like obsessed with like the Frankenberry and, and it's like, it's, and, and that person doesn't have anything to do with sports cards. So like that person just collects those cereal boxes. So it's actually quite funny that you brought that up. So yeah, right. I think it's interesting. And I think that there's collectors in all different shapes and sizes. And, and I just like, I love to, to hear about these like different niches that people get into. Bob Boozle here says, I thought about Wheaties boxes, but Cards, Magazines, Toys was enough for me. I bring this up right now because Wheaties, Wheaties boxes have had a lot of famous athletes, a lot of Olympians. So that one, uh, that, that, that really makes sense there. Bobby says that many of the 60s to 70s hockey related cereal boxes get $1,000. That's huge. Jake Stowe says, I have a Jordan and Griffey Wheaties full box collection, 25 boxes. Okay. So there are cereal <laughs> collectors amongst us right now, even. Never you mind. That's uh, that's pretty funny. Uh, good stuff. So, Leighton, did you do you happen to have a topic or a question or anything that you want to throw Coach Coe's way, and we can all take a stab at it? Uh, I do. I've been uh, following your content for a little bit, and I uh, think it's really great, um, and I think it's wonderful for the hobby. Uh, you clearly have fun with it. Um, I guess the side of you that I've only discovered of late is that it seems like you're kind of into motivational content. Uh, and so I'm kind of curious, how did you find your way into that? Yeah, I appreciate it. So I've been, uh, I've been a personal trainer for 10 years now. And so I feel like that goes hand in hand. Um, but a lot of, a lot of it comes from self-reflection, like a lot of self-reflection and, uh, just kind of experiences that I've gone through in my life. And, and fortunately I've had a really good support system. Uh, and you know, I've been able to be, uh, authentic and, and, vulnerable and, and communicate things where I don't think a lot of people have the opportunity to. And so I just try to create a dynamic where people, if they're not going to communicate they at the very least have the opportunity to think about, you know, potentially outside the box or things that might make them a little bit uncomfortable. Um, and, and all of that is kind of in a pursuit of just finding like true fulfillment and just really getting to the root of things. Like, I feel I feel like although that journey is uh, a little bit it's not a little bit it's very very challenging once you start to really figure out why you do what you do and and you know certain things that might limit you uh, once you kind of get on the other side of it it's like what what you're capable of is is just ridiculous like I remember in in high school like I would skip school during presentations because like I was mortified of like talking in front of people and you know you fast forward. And now all of a sudden, like I talk every day for, you know, hundreds, thousands of people. I mean, not, not in person, but, you know, like on the internet. And I don't, I have no idea when I make a video, how many people are going to see that. Like I've had, a, I've had videos, videos do like a million. And, you know, I'm thinking back on it, like that, that old version of me, there's just no way in hell that person, if you told them that you're going to be viewed a million times, I would have never even started in the first place. So I think that, um, you know, what you kind of, the life that you want and that, that fulfillment is on the other side of that, that discomfort. And so I just try to encourage as many people as possible to look within and, and just, you know, just take one foot in front of the other. And I promise you, it's, it's a little, it's a, it gets better. Well, I think it was uh, very well put. I'm curious if you could share with everyone. Are you currently reading any books? Uh, not currently. No, no. Right now we're, I, I'm, I've kind of put everything into like content creation. I literally, it's probably been two weeks and, uh, Atomic Habits uh, is is a, is a big one. So, I mean, uh, I would highly recommend checking that out. Uh, I think it probably helped kind of get the, the wheels in motion there. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, I think that everyone should 
see a therapist at least once, you know, just to kind of talk it out. And again, there's like some like negative stigma towards therapy, but I honestly think that that everyone uh, should be given the opportunity to kind of sit in front of someone and and allow someone who is probably the best listener you're ever going to have just kind of dissect how you're feeling. And uh, yeah. Interesting. You see, so this book, Atomic Habits, I wrote it down as I was writing it down. All I could think of were at atomic refractors because I love atomic refractors. I have some here, man. <laughs> so, Let's, see Let's see an atomic refractor. I collect atomics. I love atomics. I love so, atomics too. We've got, uh, we've got an Allen Iverson PSA 9, atomic uh, Bowman's Vest. Beautiful it's the die card. cut. Uh, what else we got here? I got a few. I love the die, die cut atomics from the 90s actually. People throw those away. I'm like, no, I love those. What do we got? Here? <laughs> I've been building out this uh 96 Bowman's best set. Uh again, atomic oh, die cuts. Uh um, those are gorgeous. Yeah, they're beautiful. And the way that they shine in the in the the, the sunlight, and I'm like, this is then they're probably like 20 or 30 dollar cards, but I, I just I love them when you put them together and it taps into the set collecting. I'm like, this is there's so many notable names. You got like Aikman and Sanders, and I'm like, this is this is what it's about right here. You know, let me just jump, hold that thought lane. I just want to say, when you just said, you know, they're only $20, $30 cards. I think I look at it like there's this like inverse relationship in my mind where the cheaper the card is, yet when you think it's super cool. So when the coolness factor goes up, 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 and the, the price goes down, down, down to me, that's that's the sweet, that is that is an awesome way to collect. When, when, when you can love a card, because you just said like, well, you know, it's only thirty. Who cares? It's only thirty dollars. Yeah. It could be five. It could be fifty cents. If the card is cool, the card is cool. Just because other people don't don't recognize it, or or there's too many of them. Who cares? You love the card. I love that. Leighton, I cut you off. What were you gonna say? No, I listened to what I'm gonna add on to that. That's how I started collecting uh, photographs. So think about it. There was no authentication. People were like, "Why would you buy this?" I mean, I was buying. I've been collecting vintage basketball for a long time. I was buying like Jabbar and Chamberlain photos for like. 20 or 25 dollars my buddy albersheim is listening to this he was buying them with me a long time ago i remember there was a dealer on the east coast like if you spent 50 dollars or 100 it would have been like the best photo you've ever seen those photos today individually would sell for thousands of dollars wow so you know go where your heart is and as yeah. you're saying sometimes believe it or not just because you think it's cool and the price let's say is low sometimes the price catches up uh, yeah. Because other people start to think it's cool and not through pumping and dumping just because it's actually cool. Uh, but speaking of cool, I did want to mention this because I went to a convention today locally and it didn't go the way I thought, but it went better than expected, just not in the way that I thought. And I guess I'll get right to it, try to be brief. So I took my nine-year-old son uh, to a local show. It's in Parsippany. I think it's called like the Morris County Card Show. Very small. Now, of course, I went in there, I cash, I chat. I mean, I'm like ready to, yeah. to go. I quickly realized it probably wasn't going to be that type of experience for me. And it was towards the end of the show, so there wasn't a ton of time. And we're walking around, and like, I'm really trying to push things on my son, trying to get him involved. Like, it's Pokemon. I'm like, oh, is this cool? He's like, yeah, it's okay. So, I mean, literally, we're, we're, we're zigging, we're zagging. And I mean, there's not much real estate left in the convention. And you're talking about, like, on each of your guys' faces tonight, I can see smiles respectively when you're talking about different facets of either what you collect or the hobby. And it's wonderful to see, but it really doesn't get much better than to see that smile in a nine-year-old. So I want to share with you what happened. There was no cards you really wanted at all. And there was a gentleman selling these Funko Pops. Admittedly, I don't know much about them. My son listens to Ed Sheeran, so I think he got one of those. I've given him, like, a LeBron, a Jordan, but, but not many. But he knows what they are. And he's really been into this show called One Piece, which I don't yeah. watch. Yeah. Uh, I'm not that familiar, but a couple of guys in my office are. And like there's a, a real life version of it, which I watch with him, but then there's also like a thousand episodes of the anime. So fast forward, totally just like on a whim, like we'll start looking. And he literally says, he's like, Daddy, you know, it'd be cool if they had some One Piece ones. And I'm like, Yeah, you know, I, mean, I hope so. I'm like thinking there's just no effing way they have One Piece of these. So you're, you're going along the table. It's like the last section. And it's like kind of high above. I don't even see it. My daddy's like, Crosby's like, Daddy, that's Luffy. And then it's like all these other different ones. And I mean, I can tell you, 
the the look on his face, that smile, I'm getting goosebumps now. I love it. That's that's what it's all about. So it wasn't cards, and I really wish it was, but I'm so glad I went. And the reason why I went is because we weren't set up. I didn't really, I wanted to buy stuff, of course. I'll be very clear here. The admission was $10. I think I bought him a Gatorade, and these things were 70 bucks for four of them. And he spent more money. I mean, you know, I spent $70, but but that was his allotment, if you will. And that was more than I spent at the show. I got to tell you, it's the best time I've had at a convention in a long time. It was wonderful. So I, I really advise you to, like, not put so much pressure on yourselves out there. Like, if you do it professionally, then you're in my boat. But even if you do it casually, maybe don't worry if you don't get, like, the piece that's on your hit list. And just, like, keep your eyes and ears open to what's going on. We had so much fun. And uh, I just want to share that story with y'all. Very nice. Very nice. Well, Leighton, thank you for joining us here tonight, Feb 17th in the new Sports Cars Live studio. Great to have you. Guys, you can follow Leighton on Instagram, Leighton underscore Sheldon, just underscore collect. And of course, check out his podcast, wherever you get your podcast, Trading Card Therapy. Leighton, good to see you. We'll see you back next week. Absolutely. Brendan, it was great meeting you. It's a pleasure meeting you as well, man. Take care. Take care. Peace out, Leighton. Thank you for joining. All right, Brendan. We're going to do some comments, and then I got a couple questions for you. A couple comments uh, really on the type one stuff that were coming through. Bobby says they they need more exposure in hockey. Maybe someone should do a few podcasts. I collect unique ones and ones that were made from, I guess, cards that were made from them. The professor says, I like Coach Co's point of type one photos. CNBC News featured Ken Golden recently on type one non-sport photos entering his auction house. Very, very nice. Colin Murray says, I cert in Toronto grades wrappers and empty wax boxes. So someone's grading empty display case or display boxes. At least vintage oddball. Love me some type one photos. Very nice. Stuke says, I picked up the cereal boxes with Kellogg's 3D ads on the back. That's right. When you, when you collect sports, you collect, you know, oddball. There's a place for oddballs for, for a lot of people. Michael has a Gretzky Pro Stars box. That was a cereal for sure. Bob Boozle says, I think Coach Co has a good book in him. LGC says, hand-cut pictures from cereal boxes are graded, which is good, but you would hate to see a box be cut up just to get a small portion of it graded. Well, interesting comment. I For me, it's like, well, if the rest of the box is boring, all I want is the card, I'd have no problem busting up the box. But the, the spirit of this comment from LGC applies more to like jerseys. Like, you know, we're cutting up yeah. jerseys. That's, I think, more, you know, egregious in a lot of people's eyes than busting up a, an old cereal box. But point taken, LGC. Thank you for making it. A collector's dream. Orlando has joined us. Welcome to the show. And Stuke says that Leighton Sheldon's podcast, Trading Card Therapy, is great. To quote Tony Tiger. <laughs> Brendan, yeah, hey, I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist that one. <laughs> Thank you, Stukes, for the layup on that. Brendan, what what does Coach Co mean? Your name is Brendan Pereira. What is what does Coach Co mean? Yeah, man. So uh, you know, again, we we tie it back to the pandemic, and it actually started just before the pandemic when I was working in the commercial gym. Uh, I was uh, the assistant manager there, and we were underwater for a little bit. Actually, there was a bunch of people that either they they kind of quit slash they were slow quitting it was like back when slow quitting was a thing so they just like not show up or call in sick and then really try to stretch out uh you know until they essentially got let go and uh it ended up resulting in me having to take on uh, way more responsibility and a lot more clients and service people that i just i honestly just couldn't and so i was probably working like 17 or 18 hour days at the time and i and this was probably went on for like four or five weeks and i remember there were several times i came in and um some of my colleagues were like, I don't know how you do it. And I was like, well, I mean, it's got to get done, right? And uh, they're like, I, you just come in here with this like king of everything energy. Like you're going like, to you're, you're gonna, you're gonna get it done no matter what. And uh, I just laugh. I was like, ah, it is what it is, you know? And, you know, after that conversation, there was a lot of, there was a few times actually where I was like, yeah, okay, I, if these guys believe in me. Like, if they believe in me, then, like, I got to believe in me, too. Not to say that I ever really questioned myself, but I, you always question. Like, you, you inevitably question yourself when, when like, you're exhausted and you're mentally and physically drained. You really don't know, like, when it's going to stop. 
And when the pandemic happened and I got laid off and I had to make a decision on like, okay, what is my future going to look like? Am I going to stay at this, this place where I, I think that there's really not much like progress happening here uh, in terms of like uh, from an occupational perspective, I'm kind of limited, like unless I open my own gym, which is like, you know, in Toronto is kind of a hard ask, especially if you're working for someone in order for you to eventually like open your own place next to impossible. And I had to make a decision on whether I was going to go back or not. And I was like, I really didn't have much experience online at all. I didn't have, I had very, very minimal social media presence. And in fact, I hated social media. And um, I was like, I'm going to jump in head first. And this is the only option. And I'm going to figure it out. And so there was a many, 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 many times in the first, I don't know, two, three months and, and beyond where I didn't know how I was going to make it happen. But what I did was I leaned on this, like, you know, if you, if you, if you bring that king of everything energy, like you can, you can figure it out. And so for, for me, it was just kind of tapping into uh, something that was like outside of how I felt in that moment. Right. It was just kind of like, how can I become more than I am right now in order for, to be the person that I need to be. Right. And, you know, it, it ties back into when I was, scared shitless uh giving giving speeches so i I just not even show up right so i i really kind of leaned into that and when i was looking for something to like what do i call myself you know i was like i'm gonna embrace the thing that that kind of got me here and and that gave me the strength it took to 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 quit to to make the strides to make the first video to you know start the first class send the first email and uh yeah so like here we are and i do not by any means think i'm like the king of everything right it's like right. it's like being bigger than me um it's like tapping into something that i know is there but i need to remind myself in order for me to kind of get the stuff i need to get done done and i mean i try to embody that like i don't know you follow my content i'm up at like three o'clock in the morning going for walks like i i try to really kind of embrace that like I'm going to do the hard thing because like, I know what I'm capable of now. The way I, the way I see it now that I've heard you explain it uh, from your perspective. And I really appreciate that. seems to me like if you are a client of coach co fitness, which is where you started with that, with that name, you're really training people to become their own king of their, of their own everything. It's not about you being the king of everything. However, you are also practicing what you preach by approaching life with that king of everything energy. And um, I think that's awesome, man. I, I really like that. I respect that. And I think uh, I think it's I think it's a great signal you're sending out there to, to people who are following you. So I'm glad you had the chance to explain it. And uh, wish I wish I asked you earlier, but, but that's that. Uh, okay, sw switching it up now. My next question for you is, I don't, like you've shown a couple of your cards here today, but I don't often see you showing cards on your social media why why is it that you don't do that that you're not showing off your buys what you might be selling if you sell cards i'm not sure but why why do you kind of keep your collection to yourself that's a great question actually i i found that when i was creating content early on every time i would talk about a guy i was or or girl that i was buying uh or selling it would have somewhat of an impact on the market and like i'm not saying i would move the needle like but if you talk about a player, let's say people are trying to get into the hockey space and, and you're like, you know what? Like I, I really, here's a new Trevor Zegris card I bought. Or like you start showing several Trevor, Trevor Zegris cards. And this is actually what happened. Um, you start to see things like bins just start getting hit for the same cards. Because there's a lot of people that, and, and to my point earlier in, in this podcast, like people are constantly looking for information, right? Everyone's kind of looking for information and they will tail you if if you've put the 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 money up basically right and that's not necessarily what i what i want to do like i actually don't want to move the needle at all i want to just be able to collect what i collect i want you to collect what you collect i've had a lot of people ask me like is this a good buy is this should i sell this and the 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 response is always the same it's like if you don't if this card doesn't fit your collecting style if this if you feel anxious about owning this card get rid of it right like it's 
it shouldn't be that difficult. It should be very easy. It should speak to you. If you want to buy something, buy it. If it's within your budget, buy it, right? Like, and so I just try to kind of lead the horse to water and, and without forcing it to drink, you know what I mean? Where I'll introduce, you know, this is cool. 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 And I try to feature as many different segments of the hobby as possible and types of cards. Um, but I, I really do not want to have an impact on like what you're buying and what you're selling. And so, yeah, that's kind of why I keep the stuff close to my heart. Also, cause I feel like I don't really need to flex what I own. Right. Like, I don't know. There's sometimes where I get super excited about something and I know that like, I, again, like it's a $20 card. Like I'll show it off. Right. Like I'm like, Oh, look at this like really cool card. Um, but if it's like something that's relatively expensive, like I'm not going to play that game. Right. Like I don't. I don't need to anyone to know what I what I own. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. totally fair, totally fair. Uh, I was just curious, and and yeah. I think I think it's respons I think it's a responsible sort of approach that, that you're taking uh, with that because you do have a lot. You know, you had a lot of followers on TikTok uh, for sure. You're putting out daily content, so uh, you know you said you're not maybe moving the needle, but maybe you are. You know, if if, if even five people say, "Oh, I'm going to go buy Trevor Zegers because Coach Go bought a, a Trevor Zegers card." Uh, that wouldn't have worked out so well for people. So, you know, you, you, you've maybe you've learned a lesson sort of thing, or you've seen how it can go bad. I definitely have. And like, not everyone has the same tolerance as me, right? Like not everyone has the same financial situation. Not everyone. Uh, I mean, some people might watch one video and to, we spoke about this earlier. They might watch one video where you mention a player and that's the only point of contact that they have with like that market or whatever they're searching for. And that's the research that they've done. And they're like, all right, they, this guy said that, and this happened to me where like early on, I'd talk about like Jude Bellingham or, or these are soccer players, like, or like Yusofa Mukoku, both guys are like, I very much believe in. And one of them is doing incredibly three years later, but like, does the price, I mean, the price is probably still down. Right. So, I have the tolerance for something like that because I'm like, man, I love what I own. I, I love the player. I love watching the player, but if you've bought it strictly for an increase, I mean, I can't guarantee you that you're going to make the right moves in terms of buying and selling. And, and, and instead of, you know, me being on the hook for, for your lack of accountability, I'd rather just not entertain this thing at all. That was a great way to put it. Me being on the hook for your lack of accountability. Cause Really, you're not spending anyone else's money. They're spending it themselves. But people are, people are uh, willing to be swayed to make certain decisions based on what they hear. And uh, I do think that's on them myself as well. But uh, but I hear what you're saying. I think it's I think it's a great uh, a great approach and perspective. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.